Um, uh, Stuart, I've got bad news. What's that? So the, the bad news is um, putting talcum powder on your perineum might possibly cause cancer. I, I just figured, for of all people, that would be something really oh, worrying. It's yeah. a daily activity for me, Tom. <laughs> yes, exactly. But well, uh, that's actually not the big news. The big news oh. is that aspartame is also which are possibly carcinogenic. Now, uh, could you tell me what aspartame is? Well, I've just ingested some aspartame because I, before we started, I took a big swig of Coke Zero. Uh, and aspartame is the sweetener that is in not just loads of diet drinks, but also tons of, of foods, mainly stuff that's sort of low fat, low calorie. And uh, you know, you've undoubtedly had quite a lot of it your, yourself unless you go out of your way to avoid it. Yeah, I mean, I, I've um, got various half-finished packets of Wrigley's Extra Chewing Gum on my desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, looked at the looked at the uh, ingredients a second ago. Uh, there it is, in, among, among the sweeteners. Yes, exactly, aspartame. Yeah. But so, the problem is that apparently it causes cancer. Yes, yeah, apparently. Yeah. The, the Something called um, the International Agency for Research on Cancer, which is part of the World Health Organization, which you know, sounds, sounds reliable. Pretty, yeah, exactly. You should, the, sort of, the sort of guys you should be able to trust. Yeah. They say it is, they, they haven't actually officially said this. Reuters huh. has reported that they will soon declare it to be yes. possibly carcinogenic. Now, like well, let's, say, well, but, well, let's get into that. But before we do that, welcome to the study show. My name is Stuart Ritchie from the I newspaper. Yes. Hello, Stuart, and I'm Tom Chivers from Semaphore. So what the hell is the IARC? Well, it is it is a sub-body. It is a, some, some sort of body part of the um, World Health Organization. And as far as I can work out, it's sort of... It's mission. There's this old joke about the Daily Mail, right? Um, that it's a, they said its ontological mission was to divide the world into things that either cures, caused or cured cancer. You know, yeah, like that's Ben Goldick here, I think, right? Well, it was, yes, it was, wasn't it? It was Ben Goldick back in his old bad science column. Yes, and it was sort of, um, you know, this week red wine cause red wine either cures or causes or both. You know, and you know, the jelly babies, whatever, cause yeah, cause yeah. cancer, cure cancer. And the IARC seems to do that for real. You know, it's, like, it's not, not a joke. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, not a joke. It, it's literally, it, its job is to do that. And its job is to, it, it puts everything into, it assesses, I, mean, I, I assume it does other things, I, but the only time it ever comes into the, um, you know, I assume it funds cancer research or something. I don't, I don't know. But the, the, the only reason it ever makes headlines is because it announces that it has looked at some chemical or some activity or some food stuff and, categorized it in one of its four different categories though so the category yeah. one carcinogenic to humans category 2a probably carcinogenic to humans category 2b possibly carcinogenic to humans which is what aspartame and i think the talcum powder up your bottom um yes. thing are both in and yeah. three not classifiable as to its carcinogenic carcinogenicity that long word carcinogenicity Carcinic yeah carcinogenicity yeah, yeah, yeah. i say that after a few pints etc yes. etc to humans it, there's an interesting thing which is mm. you know they have those categories mm. but they also used to up until i think 2019 they used to have a category four and that category was not carcinogenic to humans so that would be for something where there just was evidence that it didn't cause cancer like strong evidence that it was not problematic in that yeah. in, in that sense and they've got rid of that so now it's actually literally impossible for them not to class to you know to classify something that as as not causing cancer which i think is a kind of a uh um uh, maybe throws forward to some of the criticisms that yes. we will make well, later in I, I do i, I I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out because i one of the things that really threw me when i started looking this up 
when when the th- stuff was announced a few days ago yeah was um i remember when i wrote about it years ago there was there, there, there was this extra category and there was only one thing in it there was one, there was one chemical in it. What was that? Was it? Do, it do you remember some, what it was? It was. It was something. Some re, like some some food additive or random thing in paint. It was some chemical you've never heard oh, okay, of. You know, yeah. it was just like it was, it was like this. It's all right, guys. We found we found this one stuff used in like That's acrylic sick. paint doesn't cause cancer. That's all you're allowed to eat. Um, so, what are some what are some examples of things that are in these categories? In the things that definitely cause cancer, uh, yeah. or, or probably, you know, or we are they are sufficiently confident there there is um, smoking. I, I I believe that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Quite happy. I'm not. I'm not disputing that. No, yeah. no, no. Quite quite happy to say that the uh, there there is yeah, so there's processed meat. So you know, bacon, hamburgers, salami, all that sort of stuff. Which again, you know, probably does. Although we'll talk about whether it causes cancer in the same way that smoking causes cancer. Also, in that one is yeah. plutonium. Oh. Which, like, you know, just uh, really trying to be cut back on my in my diet, just cutting out <laughs> processed meats and plutonium from my diet, right? Um, it seems uh, sort of on like these things are on the same are in the same list. I know, I know it's bonkers, right? Um, I mean, there there are two there are two there are two problems with this, which I guess we, we can sort of come back come on to later. But yeah, the, fundamentally, there's when you're talking about poisonous sort of things, there's the dose makes the poison, right? Uh, if you eat a forty gram piece of bacon that won't give you cancer although maybe a height but if you ate a 40 gram piece of plutonium i suspect that will be bad for you yeah so that's so one thing not, so it's not about the amount of the substance no it's, yeah. no it's just it's just about they're not whether comparing they're, they're not like saying like we're comparing a 40 gram piece of bacon eating that once in one day to being one meter away from a block of plutonium for one minute or something like that like yeah. they're not that's not what they're doing they're just no there's, there's they're no just standardized the form of it no so yeah. so i mean this is this is the sort of fundamental thing it's not it's not talking about the size of the effect it is it is it is not saying yeah that bacon raises your risk of cancer by a certain amount or making really any statement at all about how much it raises your risk of cancer so being, being expo- exposure to a, a, the radioactive core of you know like some some large subcritical piece of, of enriched uranium or something like that <laughs> for a bit will probably raise your risk of cancer quite significantly i mean you know yes. if it's a, if it's a large amount that this is it's really bad for you eating a small two two rashes of bacon a day for a, a, your entire life will raise your risk of cancer somewhat you know like the it's like a double digit percentage or something right, like but that. The, you know? But what they're saying is that we can be sure that those things will raise your risk of cancer. Exactly. It's like they're the both... strength of the evidence. Yes, exactly. So there, 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 we know that there is some positive, uh, positive correlation, uh, and, and they and, and they claim a causal one between the between these the um, the substance or the or the activity yes. and and the raised risk of cancer. But it doesn't tell you anything about how much it raises your risk. So like smoking obviously raises your risk loads and loads. You know, like but, but if you've got lung cancer, it's eighty percent certain it's been caused by yes. smoking. But e- uh, but even then though, but even then. It depends on how much you smoke. So your yeah. ri- like your risk. I get well. Maybe I'm see. I'm already falling into the trap because I'm thinking about the amount of co- of, of you know the amount of smoking causing mm. lung cancer. Whereas actually, what they're saying is we just know that any smoking will cause lung cancer. But yeah. is, is does that make sense? Is that is that really a distinction that you can make? Given that like you definitely won't get cancer if you smoke one cigarette in your life, or, or like you won't that yeah. won't cause cancer. Yeah. Whereas you definitely will if you smoke you know several packs a day every single day for the rest of your life and you live long enough yeah i mean it's bonkers i is mean it's useful 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. So I mean, one thing we actually, when we were talking about Aspartame, we didn't really, well, you know, it's worth saying, right, that what, what's something I didn't realize before we started looking into this is that it's not actually low calorie in its own right. You know, this is just going to, it's like, I, I will get us back to where we were, I promise. But yeah, so the, the, the way Aspartame works is not a, as a low calorie thing. It's not by being lower calorie in its own right, but being incredibly intense taste. So whereas you need right. 35 grams of sugar in a can of Coke to make it, uh, to make it as sweet as it is, uh-huh. you only need about 200 milligrams. So right. 175th the dose to make it. Because Aspartame uh, is like thousands of times sweeter yes, than sugar. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 175 times as sweet, I think, if, if my, if my. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, maybe, uh, I got a, got got a bit carried away because I'm such uh, a Diet Coke fan. <laughs> uh, um, so, so like it is, so it is, so that's how, so, so, it, so you're actually ingesting tiny amounts of it. You know, that's, that's, that's the thing. So if, if the, you know, if, if this uh, IARC system is how it seems to be, which, which it is, right. Is, is that like, if they could give, if, if they give some rats like 50 milligrams or 50 grams a day or something like that, and the rats then get weird health effects from it, then they can say this is possibly carcinogenic, even though yeah. the hu- amount that humans ingest will be insane, like just totally different, irre- an, irre- an irrelevant d- amount for sort of biologically. So, it's, yes, you're right. When you're not dealing with the do- dose, it's it doesn't help tell you anything. Uh, yeah, I question what the point of this list is. If if you know if if it's causing so much confusion but let's but let's just stick we'll, we'll come we'll come back to that because yeah, you know obviously we'll talk about we'll talk about you know the, the evidence, dose and the what evidence the we have and stuff yeah. those are some examples of things that are in category one that we know cause cancer apparently yes. plutonium red meat or processed meat and uh smoking what yeah. are some examples of things that are in the same sort of two category two so there's category so there's two a which is probably causes cancer and there's yes. category 2b which is possibly causes cancer that's where aspartium is so yes, what exactly. is it what, what about 2a so these are things which we are we think probably cause cancer yes. are probably correlated or yeah probably have a causal a causal link to some increased higher risk and they include yeah. eating red meat again probably yeah. you know you got so that not necessarily pro- so processed meat in in this scheme is worse but red meat in general is just yes uh, probably yeah exactly working night shifts i, I assume because it messes hmm. around with your circadian rhythms and all the sort of yeah. you know anyway it is associated i mean that sounds like the sort of thing that's going to end up with a massive mess of confounders doesn't it oh, yeah of- again like for how long i worked a night shift yeah. i used to work a night shift every so often I, me too. from when i was like 17 to when i was 22 or something like every so like, am i a, did that cause cancer or, or or is it only someone who works for 50 years in a night shift job yeah, and I did it a few times at the Telegraph when I was in in my right. late twenties. You know, and, and you know, I, I didn't feel the tumors bubbling up under my skin as I did it, but the, it was <laughs> yeah. it wasn't it. I just, so so exactly, it's bizarre. And drinking hot beverages above sixty five degrees centigrade, so like matcha tea or whatever it is, you know, or mate, yeah. that sort of thing. You know, the the or, or just very hot teas, I guess. Um, how much? I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's, <laughs> just like, it's uh, I, I don't know. And obviously, obviously, it's not going to be like. Standing, you know, you stand next to plutonium once, and it could genuinely cause cancer. It's not going to yeah. be like, I assume it's not going to be like smoking. That you, you know, if you, if you smoke ten cigarettes a day, a day for two years, that probably will have an appreciable impact on cancer rates. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it just it just seems so so crazy. Anyway, so that's two A probably. Two A. So those are probably yeah. causing cancer. What yeah. about possibly causes cancer? This is two B, and yeah. this is the same category as aspartame. Might it, see, it, it seems like they're they're about to put aspartame into that. Yes, exactly. Never. So that includes working as a printer. Um, yeah. Okay, fine. Working in carpentry or joinery. 
Yeah. Again, I just like how do you do these observational? <laughs> I, I just I don't understand how because, how do you avoid the confounders? Yeah, I know. Yeah, like, clearly the sort of quality of evidence that they're going to be using to make these connections to cancer is going to be wildly variable. Like mm. the sort of study where you where you you know you get a big cohort of people and you know check how much red meat they're eating and stuff is one thing, and then the sort of person who is a carpenter or a joiner or a printer like. The, the sort like there's there's all sorts of socioeconomic confounds there are you sure that the studies have been able to adequately deal with those confounds and is is that the same kind of thing as as a as a, a nutritional Oof. study or do these go in the same in the same list well yeah, yeah, yeah well, apparently so and aloe vera aloe vera as i don't think those yeah, i can't remember some yeah. some sort of hand soap i don't know yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah aloe vera which you know everyone thinks of as super healthy but possibly carcinogenic and and as mentioned devastatingly talcum powder on your perineum um, i have heard and it's, it's it is very funny that they say the, the, the perineum specifically but actually it's quite a common thing i think is your the, is your skin thinner there or something but something, i have I, I have heard that like when we had our baby uh hmm. a few months ago I or maybe before that, I was like, I said to my wife, like, do do babies still need? Do you do you have talcum powder with babies or like baby powder and uh, and stuff? And she said, no, that causes cancer. And oh, so wow. that's that's a that's now a thing that you can't you shouldn't give your babies ta- like I mean, the the mineral that it's made of, which is called mm. talc, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but but then now you know that might be carcinogenic. But now I think. Are people basing that knowledge on on this stupid list? I, I wonder. I mean, I, I had a very quick look into it because the whole thing just seemed so like comical to me. Yeah, and it turns out, firstly, that actually, it, or, or some paper I read on it did say that the, the applying talcum to your perineum is not uncommon in like ang- Anglosphere. Like it was like the UK, Australia, and America apparently among yeah. among women. But you know, okay, fine. This sort of thing we. Don't get told it about. Stops your stops your underwear from chafing. Is that right? Is that, that what maybe, it's for? It makes sense. I don't know. And you I use it in babies for na- for nappies. I think like nappy okay. rash. Well, I, I think I I've never used. I don't and they know. also there sort of seemed to be some sort of implication that had a sort of fibrosis effect, a bit like uh, asbestos. But I like the, right. the study seemed very very. Some said yes, some said no. Yeah, there yeah. are lots of criticism. Anyway, but maybe you know maybe fine whatever. Maybe it has some non-zero positive impact on uh, ovarian cancer. I think was it, tumor it growth. Was. Or, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's all of these things. They're totally, as an idea, I, 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 I feel like we've almost jumped ahead to our, our getting cross bit at the end, but like, we're, like I'm, yeah. I find it so infuriating. It's self-evident, I think, that this list is, is, is weird. And I don't, it's utterly like, unhelpful. These are like, smart people, presumably, putting this together, and I don't get why you wouldn't realize this and why you wouldn't put a huge disclaimer on the website. Like, hmm. the evidence for these is, is very variable and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. It seems like such a because cancer is such an emotive subject that people really like you really care like you really want to know uh, what causes cancer and what sort of things you might want to avoid and you know are there other things out there that are like smoking that might cause cancer uh, you want to avoid those and it seems really irresponsible to just put a big list of things and say yeah yeah this all causes cancer and then you know clearly it's all uh, it, the, the the evidence is confused incredibly mess, variable it? yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's a, it's a huge mess yeah yeah I mean to I mean. I mean, even if they are completely bang, you know, bang on target, and every single one of their things in the probably and possibly category genuinely does increase your risk by some non-zero amount at 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 some dose, you know, yes. then it still doesn't tell you anything about like something increasing your risk from one in ten million to 
uh, one in nine million, you just don't care. You know, it, you yeah. just it is not important. Interesting to scientists, perhaps. Yeah, or, exactly. You know, or to on population a population health. level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're, you can't make decisions about it. But if, if you just said it raises your amount, your risk by some non non-zero amount, and uh, that's the same if it's plutonium or talking your bottom then like uh, how are you supposed to use that to make decisions in life and of course you're not and you can't and you just end up with headlines saying talcum powder on your bum or diet drinks cause cancer like plutonium you know it kind of lives in a yeah exactly and it kind of lives in a a double world right because on the one hand they could say well this is just for scientists to you know have a list and so they know the sorts of things that have been studied and how we categorize them but on the other hand like it's a public website hmm. they do you know press and stuff and they 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 make a they make a you know recommendations and, and stuff off the back of this so you can't have it sort of both ways it's either an academic thing or it's a public document so i i don't know if you know as i say if you wanted it to be if you wanted people not to misinterpret it, you would have disclaimers all over it saying you know this hmm. doesn't necessarily blah 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 yeah yeah exactly all right but so that's us having a big rant about the whole sort of ontological project of the IARC. Yes, but let, let's get back to actual aspartame. Aspartame, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, is that what is the evidence? Right, what is the evidence? Uh, if if you know, maybe they've maybe they've they've got it bang on, and actually it is in this particular instance there is reason to worry about it. it is is that true? Do we know? Well, there's di- there's different kinds of evidence as as very as often for yep. things, and some of the evidence that has clearly convinced a lot of people comes from uh, animal research so rats and mice mm. they're given a dose of aspartame yeah um, i think they're i think in the in the experiments i've seen they, they give them variable doses they give you know some 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 of the control mice don't get anything and then you know they they give them various different higher doses of that so they so you can see whether there's a dosage effect mm. like that is the the mice and rats who get more aspartame they should have more risk of cancer yeah. Okay. Um, and a lot of these studies were done in the kind of early. T- I think they started in the nineties, but the one, the very famous ones that were published in the early two thousands by this um, Ramazzini. Ramazzini. I don't know Ramazzini. how you pronounce Italian words. Ramazzini. Sorry, I should, oh, God, that's probably really bad of me. So don't was, ignore that pod Mario sorry. accent there. Yeah. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's a me, Ramazzini Institute. So they <laughs> have they are a, I would say an unusual academic organization in that okay. it's not a university. I don't think. They describe mm. themselves as an international scientific academy, okay. and they seem to be very focused on things that cause cancer. So they've done research on uh, 5G, uh, oh. radio frequencies, sucralose, which is another, another sweetener, artificial yeah. sweetener, and, and aspartame. Um, and I think they basically seem to think that they all cause cancer so they have including 5g to, and radio frequencies because I, I, I feel like that's such a strong indicator of, of yeah that something's gone a bit wrong you know, yeah. yeah yeah so the ramazzini institute seems to have uh they've got links to the iarc so when the iarc were doing an analysis of roundup which is this herbicide glyphosate like no, no glyphosate glyphosate yeah. yeah roundup is what it's like the brand name and there's a big controversy about whether that causes cancer. And they had some Ramazzini fellows on their uh, panel the, to, to do that. And and the Institute, uh, or whatever it's called, uh, yeah, Institute, has had money from the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, which is the big US government health funder. So, you know, it, it's not a, you know, it's it's not a sort of random organization from the internet. It's a, it's a 
you know, it, it seems, it appears at least to be a serious research organization, but they've done these, these studies, several, I would say infamous studies now on rats and mice, which showed that apparently showed that aspartame caused tumors. They were very, and they're very vehement about this. And they talk about, you know, how we should change policy and, you know, rethink the way we talk about aspartame and stuff. But those studies have been very strongly criticized particularly because they use strains of mice that are particularly prone to cancer. So I guess you could say that's one reason that's like a good thing in some sense, because you want to be able to see it happening. And, you know, if you have mice that are prone to cancer, then you'll get more incidents in your study. So you'll get a better, you know, all those studies of like vaccines and and, and so on, where they say, well, we didn't have enough deaths to really know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, they were worried about that happening in the. Um, I was on the the AZ vaccine trial actually, and they um, right. Yeah, and there and there was a bit in, in the sort of middle of or late twenty twenty, I think, when there was just no COVID around. I was like, well, right. how are we going right. to get our data? It's you need just, to have some events in your study. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's one thing. But on the other hand, the argument that I've seen made is that it creates a huge amount of noise in the data, and particularly because they're keeping the rats and the, they they actually uh, the mice and rats they keep them in the study for their whole lifetime. And they end up, you know, developing loads of tumors. And apparently this just makes it really noisy and really hard to tell between the, the conditions. So that that's the criticism. They kind of fire back and say that their critics are funded by food, you know, food industry uh, and so on. And so they're kind of wanting to defend aspartame. I can't, I don't see anything. I, I didn't read their entire website or anything, but I haven't seen them ever look at something and say, that it didn't cause cancer, so I think that should maybe cause us to pause somewhat. Bit, yeah. um, if, and especially given that some of the things that they're talking about are five G. So yes. yeah, yeah, I will also say just to just to that I remember writing about glyphosate a few years ago when there was some yeah. court case in the US, some guy with terminal cancer, Gardner, who was awarded like two hundred million dollars uh, from Roundup from Monsanto off basis. And I remember speaking to cancer scientists at the time saying this just doesn't make sense, and the all the IARC had indeed they they had put um like you say put had put glyphosate in it's probably causes cancer box and the the scientists I was talking to say look, look this just doesn't work there's no evidence in, in humans at all the studies yeah. in rats and mice do like you get very very high doses sometimes you find a, a link sometimes you don't and and some and there was no evidence of the raised risk of the particular type of cancer that the guy got it's just it all was very noisy and messy and ended up so yeah it, i mean it's interesting to me that they that the these same people are involved in all that again anyway, i think, sorry, I I think so off. yeah no i think i think i think it's really it's really interesting because I think there's a big lobby, not necessarily an organized lobby, but there's just a lot of people online in these organizations which are kind of not quite universities, but sort of maybe not quite think tanks either, but they're kind of independent research organizations Mm. who get kind of obsessed with a particular thing. In this case, it's cancer. But there are other, you know, there's organizations that are obsessed with uh, saying that nuclear energy is really bad. And there are organizations, you know, there are particular things that people get kind of hung up on. GMOs, you you know, and and because they kind of portray themselves as almost in the same way as, you know, someone talking from the University of Oxford or something. Mm. I think they get a lot of media attention. and, and, And the problem with this IARC is, of course, it's allied with the world health organization which we all want to trust and we want to mm. think is a, is a good organization we'll come back to some other stuff from them but okay so tell me then though that's the stuff in rats and mice yeah. which obviously 
the big problem there is even if you show that it causes cancer in rats and mice, that's not the same as having shown it causes cancer in and humans. Also, yeah, and also the, the the doses and that you give to the rats are probably not right two milligrams or something from what you get from drinking a, a, a yeah, can of exactly. coke. Yeah. So, oh, what yeah. about the epidemiological evidence from so, humans? Um, so I, I should give credit here to Gideon Meyerowitz Katz, who's an epidemiologist and a lot of people know him as a health nerd on Twitter and health yes. nerd on Substack. Really, really like useful guy to pay attention to. Yeah. And he basically rounded up a bunch of studies. So I'm, I'm totally cribbing off his work. It's reliable stuff. He's, he's, he's good, yeah. He's a good guy. Um, so he basically said lots and lots of large epidemiological studies that show either no link or weird, ambiguous links that suggest it's a you know, um, fluke. So uh, 2012, a study looking at 100,000 people found no association between diet soda consumption and uh, incidence of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, myeloma, or, or leukemia. So, you know, that's that's a big, 100,000 people is a big, big study. Yeah. 2014, again, 100,000. Although, again, just like the issue we talked about before, it, de- it does depend on how many cases of cancer they had in that. But I suppose with 100,000 people, you're going to get quite a lot. It's true. But I mean, also, if... If if it is if if it's um out of hundred thousand people, it does depend on the incidence of cancer. But if things are just that rare, I mean, I know I've yeah, used maybe this it's not maybe it's not before. worth worrying about. Yeah, exactly. It's like it, you, they couldn't rule out. Um, they've, I've, I've used this analogy before, but they they couldn't rule out that aspartame increases your risk of uh, meteorite strikes. You know, yes, it's because when the events are that rare, and, and maybe it does, maybe it makes it a million times more likely. But you don't care. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. two thousand fourteen again, hundred thousand people. No association between artificial sweeteners and lymphoma or leukemia. 2005, another big one. Uh, well, no, so, well, no, not that big. This is a smaller, this is a few hundred people. But there was no link with pancreatic cancer, except in one very small subgroup of women with a history of resistance to insulin. Uh, we should talk about this. I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about this many, many times in this podcast. But when you start seeing weird subgroups like that you you should be a bit wary it's they call yes. it was the elderly latino woman effect you know your your right. drug has no effect in people yeah, i'd say well maybe maybe it has an effect in women doesn't yeah, maybe it has an effect in latino women doesn't how about in you know and you're just allowed right. to chop into smaller and smaller and look for more and more till eventually you just get one coincidental association and hooray let's declare right. it the more times you sort of roll the dice of the statistical test the more likely you are to find a spurious yeah. result exactly uh, and, and, and doing subgroup analysis like that is 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 going to exactly. increase your chances yeah. exactly and as far as i can tell from that study there's no pre-registration or anything so it just gives me strong uh you know nothing to see yeah. here so that would be that the reason that that would be good would be if they said right from the very beginning you know we this don't necessarily predict at. that this yeah. is going to have an effect in people generally but it but if it has an effect in insulin resistant insulin resistant women it, but sorry it was, we we think it's going to have an effect yeah, in insulin exactly. resistant women because um, you know, some theoretical rationale that they have, some medical biological yes, reason. Exactly. Then you would think, oh, okay, and, and then you know, if they if they actually then went on to find that, you would think, okay, they predicted this, and I think your certainty and the you know the evidence would be much mm. higher. But if it just randomly occurs in the data, and then they say, oh, look, that might be interesting, then you know they could just be capitalizing on just yeah. random noise. And of course, you know, if if your st- your study does come back with that association, then by all means, go and do a new study with that as your hypothesis right right and go and that, sample specifically insulin, insulin resistant, resistant women, women yes, and exactly. and and get them you know uh to drink loads of diet coke or whatever yeah or or that actually sounds like a, yeah that's, that sounds like one tricky one to get past the ethical things but yeah, <laughs> yeah. um and then a, a wider a wider review of all of the literature of all basically including all these just said no consistent evidence of non-sugar sweeteners causing cancer so yes. I mean, th- that's the broad sweep of it i should say there's one 
study, another big one, 2022. Yeah, quite recent. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah, French, yeah, yeah. French one, I think. It did find a find a, a, a what's it called an association, but it is worth it is worth noting that in people who comparing the people the people who drank no aspartame at all or had no diet diet, um, diet sodas at all versus the people in the very highest category who drank the most of all of them mm. in the in the ones who had no aspartame at all there were an average of thirty one cases per one thousand people in the course of the study so a not point three one percent chance of having cancer people in the high category there were thirty three cases. So, right. so, so it's um, so thirty three cases per thousand. So, so about thirty three hundred, about three thousand three hundred in total. You know, um, or three hundred and thirty, three hundred and thirty. But so that so you're even if this is a causal relationship, and you know, you, it's observational, and we've talked about so much already about confounders, and they tried to control for them. But even if this is completely captures the the relationship then it raises your risk of cancer by 0.02 percent 0.2 percent yeah and- it's worth just making because you mentioned confounders it's worth just mm. saying like they did control for lots of confounders mm. but just like with the breastfeeding thing that we talked about Recently, you know on the other yeah. podcast it's hard to control for stuff first of all but there are also other confounders out there epidemiologists talk about unmeasured confounders mm. like there are things out there that you haven't necessarily measured in your data set that if you did put it into your data set your effect might get even smaller and if you and there's the additional thing which is if you measure the confounding factors and in this case the confounding factors would be stuff like their bmi their history of other health problems Hmm. their socioeconomic status like things like that which some of which are quite easy to measure bmi is quite easy to measure height and weight no problem socioeconomic status that's much harder to measure how do you measure socioeconomic status do you measure it by how much money someone gets every month how, how, what sort of house they live in what their neighborhood's like how many cars they own like people have come up with all sorts of different yeah how far they've made it in education yeah, that sort of thing. yeah right exactly Ed- education occupational status as to some you know sociologists make these kind of rankings of from professional to you know all these kind of different uh, right, like ways of measuring socioeconomic status so and, and you know there might be better or worse ways of measuring that so it's the kind of thing where when the effect is absolutely tiny like this you kind of have to mentally recalculate it i think a lot of the time in your head as you know oh well okay if we added a few more confounders in this would probably get even smaller hmm. and would it even survive in this case and i'm not i'm not yeah, that I mean, sure i certainly i wouldn't like if i enjoyed diet coke which to be honest i don't it tastes greasy and weird but um if i did then i don't think i would like move on to high fat you know full the full full sugar coke or or, or throw it out of my life for a an extremely theoretical 0.2 percent chance of giving myself a cancer that i wouldn't otherwise yeah, have had yeah i think you're i think i think i um yeah i totally agree and also i think yeah diet coke doesn't taste very nice but coke zero has solved that issue and tastes much better. So really? Progress. There's been it's amazing what science can do, isn't it? Yeah. I um I have to say, like I when the only time I ever drink like any sort of sweet drinks are like when I'm eating fish and chips or possibly when I've got a bit of a hangover and it's just I want sugar and that's the only thing I want from them. So the yeah. idea of like oh, what we've got what we've got here, mate, is this drink you don't really want except for the sugar, but minus the sugar. Doesn't have any sugar in it. Yeah. Well yeah. Some of us no. some of us uh you know just enjoy a a lovely cold uh, Coke Zero or from my country, uh, an iron brew extra, which is the uh which is the equivalent. Okay. Well uh yes, your your native land. Yes. Yes.
The Studies Show is very kindly supported by Works in Progress, which is an online magazine about technology, science, and, as the title suggests, progress. Um, it's at worksinprogress.co. Uh, yes. Have you ever been to that, Tom? I have. Is that the one? That is the one that has that article on it right now about um, the Green Revolution, right? Uh, um, yes, one of the best things ever to happen in history. Yes, no, genuinely was. So the one uh, the, in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, a man called Norman Borlaug, among others, uh, found ways of producing new strains of rice which uh, yeah. are credited with saving a billion lives and preventing india going into famine there's a great piece about how um as climate change threatens crop yields again there needs to be a great growth in uh, genetic engineering to provide new strains of rice and wheat and other crop plants to avoid future famines it's yeah. really interesting and um it's sort of heartening as well you know looking at how humanity solved these progress these problems in the past if you don't know about that episode in history, then you must read this article. Uh, it's, a, it's an amazing episode. And while we're talking about lessons from history, there's also uh, another article that I really liked on worksinprogress.co was about innovation prizes. Like It sounds like it's a really obvious thing that you should offer prizes for people to come up with new ideas, like revolutionary new ideas. But actually, there's a progress uh, an article on the um, Works in Progress site by the historian Anton Howes. Uh, and it's about how innovation prizes are actually better at getting people to refine ideas rather than come up with entirely new ones. So there's just a kind of interesting new perspective on mm. uh, uh, sort of history of science from Anton there. So well worth well worth a read. Um, what's that website again, Tom? I believe it is worksinprogress.co, Stuart. Yeah, and we're very pleased uh, that they've chosen to sponsor the study show. So thanks very much to them. And now on with the show. All right. So, oh yeah. And we like, so we, what we haven't talked about, right, is whether there are theoretical reasons to think that aspartame causes, right. you know, because I mean, aspartame is a synthetic chemical, right? It is, it is, it's not crazy to think this, the synthetical, synthetic chemical made by some, Japanese company, you uh, you yeah, know the name. The Ajinomoto Aj- Aj- company, and interestingly, I believe that it's the same company that invented aspartame that invented uh, monosodium glutamate (MSG). So they are just they're just what what amazing uh, improvement yeah. to the world that they've produced loads the of <laughs> loads of stuff uh, that has made food tastier. Yeah, well, I mean, fair play to them, you know, and and they're just sort of strange colorless liquids or or white powders that you yeah. throw into foods. Yeah. So it, you know, it sounds like it's a aspartame. It is. It, it's. It, I can understand people going, "Well, this is a weird synthetic chemical made in a large factory in Japan somewhere. Why, why should I trust this? Not to. Not to. And, it, and I, I get that. You're sort of. I can understand if your basic position is, "Look, I, I don't want to put something in my body. I don't understand." Yeah. That said, actually, when you do, it, it is. It is metabolized by your body like everything else, and it breaks down into three things: phenylalanine, aspartic acid, and meth- methanol. Uh, we should both say, "Well, there's a." dynamite the blogger d-y-n-o-m-i-g-h-t just really nerdy sciencey mathsy thing yeah done, very insightful like beautifully written like great just great great website I've, I've only discovered it recently and it's great yeah so that, so it you know it it breaks down to these three things these these three three things phenylalanine aspartic acid and methanol are all things that your body breaks all sorts of stuff down into um yes. phenylalanine is an amino acid you get from almost any meat you your body can't produce it so you need some of it there's some animal studies or something like showing if you put four grams per kilogram of body weight per day into your body, you get some bad health outcomes. But since the phenylalanine in a 
well, the aspartame in a can of Diet Coke breaks down to like 92 milligrams of, of phenylalanine. Yeah. Uh, that getting four grams a day would require me to drink, uh, someone who's about 80 kilos, I'd need to drink about 3,500 cans of Diet Coke a day, which even I have I never managed. Yeah. Even I don't manage that number. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you also get quite a lot of phenyl, phenylalanine from uh, like normal foods that everyone eats regularly. So like you get, according to the Dynamite website, yeah. you get 340 milligrams from eating an egg, like a large egg, and 430 milligrams from a glass of milk. So it's it's like... It's you, stuff you get, yeah. Yeah, this is just a standard thing that's in lots of food. It's not some kind of weird synthetic chemical. The aspartame is, an, is a synthetic chemical, but it breaks mm. down, as soon as it gets in your body, it breaks down into something which is just fairly normal. Yeah, same with aspartic acid. You get it from meat, grains, dairy, veg, all sorts of stuff, anything with yeah. protein. The average UK man gets about 6,600 milligrams a day, according to the UK government. And the amount of the, the aspartame that the uh, in a Diet Coke breaks down to about 74 milligrams. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's right. barely a thousandth of the, of the amount you get in an ordinary day anyway. I should say all these numbers, we, we say we're citing Dynamite, but he, uh, we've, I followed the links through to the European Food Safety Agency. and the, Right, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. Well, they're well sourced. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So what about uh, the third thing that it breaks down into? Methanol. Methanol, and everyone knows that drinking meths is good for you, so that's fine. <laughs> um, um. <laughs> yeah. No, okay, so methanol is, is indeed bad for you if you drink lots of it. It's got a, like, it, it's slightly more, uh, the, the dose required to kill you with methanol is slightly smaller than that of normal ethanol alcohol i wouldn't recommend drinking pure so, so right so the, the alcohol that's in what we call alcohol yeah it's got is, two carbon is, is, eth- is ethanol. ethanol so yeah what what's the difference so methanol is that used in other i mean obviously it's using it it's part of a spartane but yeah it's like methylated that- spirits it's like it can use it as a solvent and all these sort of things can't you but i honestly is I, it the yeah, same thing as methylated spirits i, I think it is i, I in fact, you know okay. um, uh, methylated spirits is a mixture of normal ethanol and, me- and methanol and it's it, you use it's used to i think clean paintbrushes and stuff like that it's, okay. it's very much paint strippery type i mean you wouldn't want to drink it not in large quantities no but yeah. Uh, the aspartame in a can of Diet Coke breaks down to about 18 milligrams. And the, uh, your, like anything else you eat also has stuff that breaks down into it. So the UK government estimates the average person gets about one gram a day from food. So that's 50 times as much as you get in a can of Diet Coke. And you're not like going blind from that, are you? Um, <laughs> uh, well, speak for yourself, Tom. So as always with these things, uh, the dose makes the poison. It's the same with uh, basically the same discussion that we've had about all of these things that are on this IARC list, Hmm. which is you have to actually know how much, you know, that the average person ingests or experiences or whatever of these, of these things to, uh, to actually cause them cancer. So how many night shift days, you know, uh, causes cancer, how much plutonium causes it? And I, I really think that's just not in that IARC list. No, it's not, and and it's and it, I mean it's not it's not what they're looking to do, right? It's not it's not their mission is to do that, and you know, to, as far as they're concerned, that like all this is a big furore over nothing, right? We we're not telling you that it's a high risk. We're not telling you it's dangerous. You know, we're just saying it it on on if you put it on the we have to put it on one side or other of the big bell bell curve of how impact on cancer risk, and yeah. we put it slightly to the right of it, you know, yeah. and. And they so you know what they shrug their shoulders and go what what, what are you complaining about we're not saying what you can, yeah it's a yeah, funny yeah. old it's a funny old thing but, I think especially and this is just this is something which you know there's a whole story could be a whole podcast or even maybe even a podcast series could be done about this but it's 
I think in the context that there is already a big controversy about a spar team sort of online, some some of it comes from these organizations that we've mentioned before that uh, that kind of are dedicated to saying that a spar team causes causes cancer for some reason. Yeah. But the, the, there was also a big hoax in the late 90s where people you know claimed that there was some expert that said that a spar team causes multiple sclerosis or something like you know, right. like it was a deliberate fake hoax that sort of spread on the early internet and also you know even for decades before that there was a controversy about the regulatory process and some people sort of got it into their head that the US regulators had allowed a spar team to get through without proper scrutiny and things like that so there's sort of a context and and, and i don't think i don't think it actually um outweighs all of the evidence that we've talked about here which is the most important thing yeah but there is a context of like just it's a bit like radiation you know nuclear power there's just a sort of cultural belief about a spar team and people like oh that sounds bad and they don't really know why they can't really put their finger on it but i think putting it on a list of causes cancer sort of feeds into that general possibly causes cancer possibly sorry 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 possibly causes cancer sort of feeds into that general paranoia that there is in some sort of naturalistic fallacy isn't it we've talked about so many times well, yes, once, <laughs> but I feel like we. I feel like we are going to talk in about our it lives. Once. We have talked about it yeah, a lot, exactly, uh, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, but the um, but you know, it's it's the sort of this is not natural, and therefore I don't trust it. Yeah, and I, and I can again, you know, I, I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad heuristic to start out with. Um, in in some situations, right, you know, the, the people haven't eaten this stuff before, yeah, and and we don't know much about it, so I'm going to be a bit wary. And I, I that's fine, yeah. but you also need to look at the evidence and not be. I don't know, you actually try and understand and sort of think about things like the dose and to see what the 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 model is they've got for putting these things in these different um, yes. categories. Yes. You know, and of course there are lots of things. I mean, it's the most obvious point ever, but it seems to bear repeating that there are lots of things that we do in the modern world that we didn't do, you know, back in the day that are clearly fine, and and lots of them involve medical treatments that save people's lives, and so it doesn't really seem. It's not the end of it's not the the worst heuristic ever in some in some cases, but it also is it's a fallacy. The naturalistic yeah. fallacy really is a fallacy, right? Yeah, and it's going to lead you astray in a lot of situations. Yeah, you know? exactly, exactly. It's just going to there's going to be a lot of things. Well, I'm not going to have that chemotherapy because right. that doesn't feel very right. natural. Horrible uh, chemicals, yeah, unnatural. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, um, treat treat myself with good old fashioned vitamin C or whatever, and it doesn't it doesn't work, right? It's not, that's so yeah. So I, I feel that there, that is a lot of what's going on here. I mean. <laughs> There's, there's the the question with the, we need to ask right also is what are people what's the, what if people stop having a spa team what will they replace it with will they all go and drink tap water instead mm. and mm, i wonder yeah. yes i mean would you would you know will they go and replace it like you when you come when we've been to the pub together i obviously being a great lumbering hooligan go and have like pint after pint and you drink yeah, lager lout to believe yeah exactly word. yeah i know yeah. Well, excuse me excuse me uh craft ale lout thank you sorry yeah exactly sorry, apologies craft india pale ale mm. but you and you'll have a diet coke right? i'm not much of a drinker so i'll have it yeah, yeah 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 i mean i would prefer to have a coke zero but bars in the uk don't tend to have that yeah exactly behind the, behind the bar so if that were no longer an option for you i mean or maybe you'd maybe you would go for a glass of water or something like that but you might end up having like an orange juice with sugar in it or you might right, end up exactly, having exactly yeah. and and that i think nicely brings us on to just uh, very briefly because we've mainly talked about the aspartame stuff but i think there's there's one other thing i wanted to add which is that the who so the same organization that is yeah, the another I- organization yes. yeah yeah the irc sort of affiliated with put out a report 
a few weeks ago at the time of recording that said that diet drinks are not recommended for weight loss, which I found very surprising because it seems like if you want to, if you do currently drink a lot of full fat, as we as we say, really yes. full sugar, high sugar, yeah, Coke uh, or you know Pepsi or whatever, and you replace that with stuff that didn't have sugar in it, then I would you know intuitively imagine that that's good. But what the WHO were saying was that that's not the case, and in fact that. Sh- that what they call non-sugar sweetened beverages, so diet drinks, hmm. uh, actually might cause diabetes, heart disease, and make you die earlier. And again, I found this really surprising. So I had a look at what the what they were basing this on, and they had actually got some of their scientists to go and do a review of all the available evidence, like a systematic review of all the available evidence on diet drinks and health. And uh, we don't need to, we can, again, this could be a whole hour on this, but the conclusions that they had put in their recommendations are not in line with uh, what's in their report. I mean, they got scientists to go and do this report and then basically just ignored what they said. Because if you look at the report, the most important thing is that they say that the evidence that links diet drinks to uh, health, you know, bad health outcomes is really poor. It's generally poor quality right across the board. There's like mm-hmm. one study or something that kind of does moderately good. And I don't think any were rated as high yeah. quality. All the evidence for the stuff, for the health risk stuff, so like this might actually, drinking diet drinks might make you uh, more likely to get diabetes, is observational research. There's no randomized controlled trials on that. And the big problem with that kind of observational research is that if you are already suffering from health problems, you might therefore start drinking diet drinks, right? Mm. So it's actually reverse. It could be reverse causation. That is, the health problems cause the drinking of the diet drinks rather than the other way around. And these studies don't have a way of controlling for that necessarily. Uh, you can throw in you know, covariates confound, to try and measure the confounding, trying to adjust for the confounding, I should say. You, you can say like, oh, what about the previous health conditions and so on? But again, these things are really hard to control for. Like, how do you control for someone's like general level of health? Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't really, uh, you know, it, it's 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 hard to to do in a statistical sense. And then, if you look at the randomized controlled trials, at least in the short term, people who replace sugary drinks with diet drinks do lose weight. They just do. It's that's what it says in the in the study. Now, the longer term studies, there's fewer of them, and they're a bit more, you know, they're few few and far between. The evidence is less strong. These randomized controlled trials, I'm not saying are like the most amazing studies ever. They're 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 not brilliant quality, mm. but it just seems really weird to to you know if that's what's in the report and the you know the big conclusion of the report was more research is needed. I mean, obviously everyone says that, but yeah. in this case, it's one of these fields where you just look across the the the, the studies and you kind of go, it's hard to draw any conclusions here. Hmm. It seems really odd to, to leap from that to the World Health Organization putting out a big press release saying, you know, diet drinks might be might be bad for you. Yeah. Well, the the um, I mean, it's the sort of thing you've you've said, I think, a couple of times already in this podcast series, which is the what what a scientific study or a big report says in its abstract or its headline, and what it says in the data tables and its you know its results yeah. section often. There's a it's it's a bit lossy, shall we say? It's a bit like there's 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 a bit, a bit of information somehow falls out somewhere between the data yes. tables and the and the big uh, headline findings, and I couldn't imagine why that is. But yeah, I mean, like I was looking into this a bit, and the British Nutrition Foundation says that 
diet drinks can help as part of a calorie controlled diet, which is what you'd expect, right? I mean, we did say the, the other intuitive day, answer does seem to yeah. be like does seem to fit with what the evidence. Yeah. Uh, we said we said the to. other day, right? That we were talking about Ozempic in, my, in an earlier podcast. Yes, and that. As we said in that, diets are hard, right? The diets on average don't work very well for most people. You, yeah. know, you lose an average of like two. So, so fine. Yeah, I could I could easily understand the WHO saying diets don't work very well, and diets with uh, diet sodas in them don't tend to work any better. I, right. I, I I would understand that, but like they don't as part of a as you know they're they're no better or worse than generally trying to lose weight through losing through through diet, and they and they probably are in fact a, a useful thing in in as part of the. Yeah, the sort of overall impact, right? It's What's just so strange. It? it just it feels so, and, and and I think this is backed up when you look at the the randomized controlled trials, such as they are. Hmm. But it, it it's so strange to think that the following scenario is wrong in some way. There's someone who drinks two liters of you know full sugar coke each day. They replace that with diet coke. All else held equal, they will lose weight. Like, do, do, does that sound implausible to you? That sounds very plausible to me. Uh, no. All else held equal. Now, the question is whether it's whether it really is all all else held equal, and maybe the you know some people have these theories about maybe the diet drinks cause you to crave more sugar, and so you actually go out and drink more. There's no strong evidence for that whatsoever. There's a few theoretical ideas that point in that direction and maybe the odd study where that could be interpreted as one possible interpretation of the data. But there was a review in. Uh, one of the nature journals on on, on sort of the, the general story about soft drinks, so ones with sugar and ones without. And their conclusion in that was, obviously, sugar, sugary soft drinks are bad. You drink more of them, you're going to increase your health risks. But diet ones, there's really not particularly strong evidence to say that they're, that they're a problem. Yeah. I mean, I could see... So, again, this is one of those things. Obesity isn't well understood, but it seems to be driven, a lot of it, by um people what would you know the, the pe- people people um uh, people's weight ratchets up because their body tries to defend the weight they're at their brain tries to defend the weight they're at yes. and they can and and it, it works out how much how much um how much body fat they've got it tries to defend its body fat body fat level by and it works it out by the amount of leptin which is a certain uh, hormone in the blood uh, which uh, fat cells give off and so you so that so that might be that when you you know it might might be as straightforward as when you start drinking soda diet soda instead of full fat soda you do actually lose weight and then your body says wait i don't want to lose weight aren't we starving that's bad and and you know right, like, so there any, could be so some like mechanism like that yeah, yeah exactly but yeah. that's just the same as dieting right that's what happens when you diet it's not something specific to the to the to the diet drinks as far as i know and okay so i suppose my my main problem right i don't know what else the iarc does and maybe i i should but if this is its main thing <laughs> i yeah. just think i think it's 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 awful and like for, from the point of Close view of, sort of yeah shut it down it's it's a, a from a scientific communication point of view it is a an ongoing catastrophe right yeah. it's just every single every single new thing they add to the list you have to ask yourself major questions about why it's there what the evidence is yeah they should be the ones that are telling you that like they should be the ones that give a really clear basis for all their decisions and actually compare apples to apples yeah yeah, yeah in exactly. this list which is the opposite of that the idea that anything should put bacon on the same list as plutonium is just insane. I <laughs> it's mean, it's amazing, just like, it? yeah, yeah. And and then and you know, like people aren't people aren't think aren't very good at thinking about sort of uncertainty. They don't, they don't hear possibly causes cancer and think well possibly means probably not or you know yeah. they don't and they don't think. I wonder what the magnitude of that risk is and what the impact is. 
they totally reasonably in their busy lives they think about other things and they've got you know reports to get ready for work on tuesday or whatever and they go oh, well oh, oh dear that yeah. this thing causes might cause, might cause cancer probably better avoid that and but, but you know what else causes cancer being overweight right, right. <laughs> being, being obese is yeah. causes all sorts of health problems and if this helps you not do that it is not like you can just say well let's get let's st- stop people drinking diet coke and then they will then that, that'll be under that and that's fine and, and they, they will yeah. be less likely to cause cancer they will replace they, they will almost certainly replace it with something else they will go to the pub people might go to the pub and instead of having diet coke they might have a normal coke a normal coke or they might have yeah. a, a beer you know like, yeah. i might have a yeah, beer yeah, and, have yeah, yeah, totally. and, and i don't see any sort of sense that they're engaging with the um with with these sort of counterfactuals you know the trade-offs involved or, or yeah. sort of the idea that humans are not perfect reasoning machines who will hear are ah, possibly so po- a possible uh, link with some unknown magnitude of of cancer shown in rats trials at huge doses well i probably won't adjust my behavior with that i when this story came out so many people saying to me like you know fam- family members uh friends and things so, so does aspartame cause cancer you know does diet coke cause cancer now well, no no it doesn't it, that, it yeah and and yet the who are on one side of that argument so yeah, yeah it's it's a very and, and and i just want to make one final point which is people like me and maybe not you maybe you enjoy your ipas but yeah. i i think I, I enjoy a coke zero i enjoy an aspartame flavored beverage every now and again mm. that should be as i've said before that should be in the equation People yeah, enjoy eating food and drinking things and whatever, you know, and, and that's that's actually a, a, a good thing. Yes, if there's strong evidence that something causes cancer or has health problems, then that they should know about that, of course. But it should be in the equation somewhere that yeah. they actually enjoy, uh, you know, chewing on a on a on a on a, a spartan flavored uh, bit of chewing gum. Or whatever yeah, it is, which I, which I do, and 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 yeah. after, and I think it's probably good for my teeth as well. After you know, so there's another trade off for you. There WHO you shakes fist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> we should wrap things up, Tom. Uh, we've been rambling away about the IARC for a very long time now, uh, but it's totally deserved. Yeah, it is so, driving me mad. Absolutely driving yeah, me mad. Yeah, yeah, same, yeah. same. Mm. So you've been listening to the Study Show podcast. You can find us at uh, the Study Show and uh, we are a subscribable podcast. You can uh, get an email every time we come out with a new episode. You can also subscribe to the podcast on uh, other podcasting places, uh, Apple and wherever else you get your podcasts. And uh, you can actually, on the Substack, become a paid subscriber as well. And we're soon going to be revealing some new extras, including extra episodes, um, but also some other extras on Substack for the paying subscribers. Brilliant. Well, th- yeah. this has been The Studies Show. I am Tom Chivers, and that's some guy called Stuart. I'm, I'm Stuart Ritchie, yeah. Thanks very much for listening. 